This is a clip from an interview I did with Sherrod. I strongly recommend you head over to YouTube and check out the full interview. He gave a ton of tips, but I believe this is crucial for so many of us that are in real estate and we hit that burnout level, that part, that point in our business where we don't know what the hell we're doing next. We feel like we're being flooded with so many things from so many different directions. He gives some real actionable tips that you can follow. And like I said, if you like it, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel and watch the full interview. It is amazing. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. So you have your real estate investment company, you have a property management company, you have Ari Simply. Um, how do you manage all of this in your personal life? How do you balance that out? Like, what are you? What are some of the things that you do to kind of keep that balance? Make sure because you you're married and you have kids. Two kids, yeah. Two kids. So, how do you manage right. that home life to make sure that with all of these businesses, all of these projects that you have going on? I mean, you live in Canada, you invest in Indiana, you have all of this. What do you What do you have in place, or how do you manage that kind of? work-life balance yeah i mean like once you know i mean i use my calendar a lot so once i've set mm -hmm. something on my calendar then it just basically tells me what i need to do but i just have to make sure i put stuff on my calendar that i want to and i need to do mm -hmm. you know but once it's on my calendar i mean down to vacation days like i, I put vacation on my calendar that means just i'm not available um and then uh, and then just delegating more and more uh you know like yesterday we actually let go of somebody in our company that wasn't living up to our core values. And these are our core values right here uh, right. on this wall. Um, and we let go. And then I, you, you've talked to Daniel, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. So I told her, look, you know, you don't need to reach out to me for every little decision. I trust you enough that you can make that decision and you can tell me after the fact that, Hey, this is what I did. And this is why I did that. That's, that's all I need to know because you know, I, I want to make decisions about the things that I know I can add the most value with. Um, but then like it's calendar, like every day, either 11.30 to 12.30, depending on the day, or 4.30 to 5.30, it's, I'm working out. No matter what happens, Monday to Friday, uh, either 11.30 to 12.30 or 4.30 to 5.30 is my workout time. That's it. Like I'm not available. And then when I'm plugged in, like when I'm, on Facebook, then I'm not trying to do anything else that's, you know, that, that requires my attention. So like when I'm on Facebook, then that, that's it. Like I'm just replying to posts. I'm not trying to think of a next feature to build, for example. But when I'm thinking of something that that's important, then I'm completely disconnected. Like I'm on this call right now, my phone is switched off. If yeah. somebody calls me one time, two times, or a thousand times, I have no idea because this is what I'm 100% committed to. Um, wow. and then that's it. I think it just, uh, you know, the one thing book, uh, you know, I talked about 
that was that was a huge influence you know on my flipping business for example i've delegated most of the decisions like almost all of the decisions to the point where after the last 50 60 houses that i've flipped i haven't even um stepped foot into any one of them i don't think I, yeah i mean i haven't stepped foot into any house since last year none whatsoever um like even my project manager she actually lives in california and she manages everything in indiana to the point where it's not like she's flying back and forth every month she goes there once every year and she's managing all her contractors like i've never met my contractors i've never talked to them i don't even know their names because that's not you know that's not where i'm adding the value i've created a different bank account for my project manager i move money into that account and she's taking care of all the payments so i have to trust her to manage that um, and then i say hey, you trust it i'm just managing everything by numbers that's it that's all i need to know you tell me a friend it's going to be 40000 fine we buy our property based on that 40000 decision number that you give me and then it's then it's her responsibility to make sure it gets done in 40000 because she's getting incentive based on that. So I'm not, I'm not looking at it on a day to day basis. Like we're just going to, when we're doing our weekly calls, we literally have one hour call every Thursday from 10.30 to 11.30. And that's the call I'm on where my acquisition manager is there, my project manager and my, uh, you know, my, my CEO is there on the call. And then we just quickly go through all our KPIs and recently we're like, okay, this is how much we spend. Makes sense. And we make decisions that we need to other than that that's it like um you know and then wow. same thing on the recently and property management same thing i've given uh profit sharing to my employees in the property management company so look you guys run it like it's your own business i want to make sure you're happy with the money that you're making and then you run it how you think it's best i'll do a call with you once a week in those, those calls are thursday in the afternoon, one o'clock, that's it. You just tell me how the numbers are. That's all I need to know. If the numbers make sense, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. I mean, if there's anything else they want to talk about, we can talk about that. But I, I don't have to make all the decisions. You know, I, I just want to make the decisions that actually make me happy. You know, I mean, hiring a contractor, fighting a contractor, that, that's not going to make me happy. That's not what my strength is. My strength is, okay, what do we need to do? Like, what's the vision of, the business like you know do we need to go in a different market you know do we need to pick a different marketing strategy you know based on the numbers that we have and that's that's where i add value and not you know on the nitty-gritty of it uh you know i can uh i feel like we can go on for a long time because just on that alone i mean i have a million questions because i'm in that position of uh delegating outsourcing you know passing responsibilities off um giving people that that confidence that, like you're saying that they right. can make the call and you know don't worry about if if it's the wrong call you're going to get fired because i right. gave you the flexibility to make that call right you know right. yes if you make a mistake we'll, we'll address it we'll try to fix it and make sure it doesn't happen but right. you're not going to lose your job over it right so yeah, exactly yeah, and at the same time you know you don't want to give somebody like an intern a business critical decision to make you know, so, so you have to like, I mean, you know, people have to earn the trust that you give them. You know, they can't just walk in and say, okay, I'm like giving you all this trust. You know, they, you know, they have to earn, like you give them a little bit, see how they're performing, you know, and then if they're doing good, you add another, you know, just keep stacking more responsibilities to them and you just see 
at what point they cannot handle. And if, you know, their capability is to handle five things and they're amazing at it, just let them handle those five things. And if you give them six one and everything starts falling apart, then, you know, maybe, you know, either it's something that you've given them the six thing that they're not handled or if you just give an overburden them. Uh, so that's, but I mean, my project manager has been with me for five, six years now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And and she, she manages all my projects to the point where I trust her. She hires the people and she lets go of somebody if she needs to as far as like contractors and stuff. Like I don't even need to, you know, that's her part of the business. And the better we do, the more money she makes. So, you know, it's like it's, she's, she's on a base plus uh, uh, profit sharing. So like there's, it's in her best interest to get the project done in lowest amount of time and the lowest amount of budget because then we're making more money as a company and she's getting uh, more money made from that. No, it makes perfect sense. Right. And that's, uh, that was kind of the model that we've been thinking about. Cause, uh, right now my business partner, John, he's the one that handles the projects and right. we want to outsource project management and all that. And that's what we thought would be the best routes do base plus that way you have an incentive to make sure that, you yep. know, everything's getting done in time and on budget. Yeah, so um, like what we do is for our projects is like we even factor in the holding holding costs like to the interest cost, right? So if you borrow money from someone, so every day that the project is not sold, it's costing us money because we borrowed money. So that goes into the net profit calculation because we don't want to look at the direct cost. I mean, it is, you know, the interest is not maybe tied to a specific property. We might have a loan let's say for $500,000, that's against two or three properties. But then we have to, when we do the net numbers, we take the interest cost also. So then my project manager also knows, you know, this, I mean, making $50,000 in one week is completely different from making $50,000 on a project over two years, you know? So then we have to factor those costs also. And then that's why our goal is to get the project done as quickly as possible in the least amount of money possible. And that's where she's making the most money.